saying save it for the fucking podcast <laughs> um, my bad it, we only missed like three seconds that's good um gremlins today, yeah today's special episode <laughs> is gremlins um adam here has never seen gremlins as a child because he was robbed of this beautiful beautiful gem yep it was part of the list of movies i have not seen uh, how do you feel about it now that you've seen it uh, well, I get a lot of jokes now, and I thought they were both fantastic movies, really. Did you, uh, that's one of the things, when you're a little kid, you kind of think that there's like a chance of those guys being real. Yeah, the especially the evil ones. Well, I the Mogli and the Gremlin, I could both see those being a real animal, or being, if I was a child, imagining that they were real animals. Yeah, but I'm just kind of wondering if you, uh. If there is something lost in not having the two or three years where in the back of your head you're like, maybe there are Mogwai. Or when there's that perfect, before you figure out that the rules are stupid. <laughs> yeah, the rules are the worst. Yeah. So, do you want to start there? <laughs> uh, yeah, we can. The three rules of gremlins, I, ha- I have them written down. The way that they t- say them is, uh, number one, keep them out of sunlight. It'll kill them. <laughs> Number two, they don't like water, which is messed up that they say it that way. And then number three, don't feed them after midnight, whatever you do. <laughs> That's how the dad says it, right? That's not the old. That was how the old guy said it, too. Pretty sure. At the end? Wait, I don't, because didn't he, his whole mogwai were cutting this part. I'm just trying to fucking think of how he actually does it. Because I know the dad, the the dad and the Chinese guy. I hope he's Chinese. I don't know. I, I think they he's are. in Chinatown. Yeah, I think um, he's Chinese. But yeah, they both give just straight dialogue explanations of yeah. the rules straight off the bat, and then nobody uh, listens to them. They all know them. Everybody knows the rules. Yeah, everybody knows the rules. That's the thing. I I thought that was going to be the mishap part of it is like oh someone didn't know the rules or they gave them the wrong rules but everybody always got the rules first thing they're like here it is one two three bam 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 <laughs> yeah like here are the rules and it does it turns out that the gremlins are evil or i guess clever i don't know why i just equated clever with evil are you saying the uh the mogwai clones or the gremlins well, they're, mog- they're the same. Like, I guess this goes into a weird distinction. Is is Gizmo the only... The only chill Well, no, mogwai. the only Mogwai. Oh, right. And that everything that comes off of Gizmo is a gremlin. So only right. the real chill, like, relaxed ones are called Mogwai. And everything else is a gremlin. Not just when they transform. Because I always thought that they referred to him because of racist guy. And it was just a clever, like, ah, the foreigners, they're always like, oh, these are, I called them gremlins. And they You're were, talking about the war vet? Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Peterson? 
Uh, I, yeah, it was Peterson or Peterson? I think Peterson. it's Peterson. I think I think you're right. Okay. Um, yeah, he was. Yeah, he blamed it on the Chinese a lot. <laughs> He's like, ah, yeah, they'll get in your TVs. They'll get in your. I always engines. thought he specifically I, said foreigner every single time. It was a different because I think World War Two. I guess he does say kraut. Yeah. He does specifically say the Chinese one time, too. But he does mostly say foreigners. I think you're right about that. Yeah, because he, he also doesn't say it clearly. Yeah. Because it's just fauna. <laughs> and it sounds like somebody sitting down, like, after a, a really lazy, uh, like, meal. It's fauna. Yeah. That, speaking of that guy, I didn't really understand him completely. Because he's, like, a weird, like traumatized war vet yeah that's a trope though right but he had a nixon poster in his house okay i guess i would just expect him to not like nixon the duality of man (laughs) sir he was also very obviously a conservative yeah he wasn't upset that he went to war he was upset Mm. that they tried to kill him at war that makes sense yeah i mean no but yeah (laughs) <laughs> that was his character though he was a i just he, didn't expect his house to look the way it did i well, guess his wife was also in charge of that that's true it, it looked a lot like he got the tractor yeah the uh the kentucky harvester yes the kentucky harvester <laughs> it's good american steel which i feel like that was a john deere sponsorship just waiting to happen because there's so much product placement in these yes, movies that is i'm can only imagine how these movies were paid for. <laughs> yeah. But interesting, like the Kentucky Harvester isn't a real thing as far as I can tell. I tried to look it up. It was just stuff from Gremlins. Yeah. I kind of thought like it would be an actual brand. For some reason, I think it's a real brand too. Maybe but I, I actually know again. people who look at tractors and no one's ever said Kentucky Harvester to me. That's <laughs> yeah. when I lived with that was probably the most hick thing I would ever show up to is he would be drinking Miller High Life and watching YouTube tractor videos like just white knuckling his beer watching a tractor go slowly through a field. Yeah, I don't think it's a real thing. There is a Kentucky Harvest which looks like a food drive. Yeah, the rest of it is like Kremlin stuff. Let's see, maybe I just should type Kentucky Harvester real? <laughs> Did you type Kentucky Harvester Gremlins before? No, I just I was typed gonna say, Kentucky Harvester. Because if you type Kentucky Harvester, it's probably going to give you the right answer. Yeah. No, I don't see anything. That's weird. That I think wrong. it's just a Gremlins thing. And it, if I remember right, it kind of looked like a John Deere. Like, just the paint job that was on it. Isn't John Deere green and yellow? Yeah. So it yes it did, but it also had orange on it. But it was also a snow pile. So I think it might have just had safety stuff on it. He also <laughs> used it just as his mode of transportation, which <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Like yeah, he was just pulling it up and like parking it on the street. Yeah, that's he just drove that around town. Yeah. He tried to drive it home drunk. Yeah. And someone was like, Hey man, you're a little too drunk and he's like, You know what? You're right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably the only uh responsible like get in a car drunk thing we got as a child 
Because other than that, it was just commercials that were terribly shocking and probably traumatized small children. Oh, you're saying he was like the only rational approach to like, well, of that entire era of me watching TV. <laughs> that was the only time where somebody talked a drunk guy out of driving. That's true. Yeah. That also the drunk guy didn't get furiously angry. Right. Because a lot of times this goes into a whole social thing. And I think I think a lot of times the reasons people freak out when you take their car keys away is because every single time we depict somebody getting their car keys taken away, they freak out. Yeah, they're so just, just recreating in, a thing that they've seen. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of just because I'm, I'm sure if everybody knew that when your car keys got taken away. That you just didn't have to drive anymore. Yeah, they're like, no, this is a good thing. Yeah, you won't get arrested. Yeah, your car won't get destroyed. That was that was probably the only instance of that in all of media as a child for me. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's other ones like it was. Yeah, it was always disaster. You're right. Yeah, there's no like the after school special thing. Well, the after school specials were specifically terrifying. (laughs) Do you remember the weird one that was? like the kid that slowly joined a gang. Like in sixth grade, they made us watch a series of movies. I don't remember that one. This is all for a, a later time. We'll do like a school shit we remember. <laughs> yeah, let's stay on the gremlins track. Yeah. <laughs> um, but product placement, while we're on that, uh, there was a ton of it. Road Warrior? Did you catch that one? They showed that a lot. Um, a good one. <laughs> That stuck out to me because I don't think they're around anymore. Montgomery Ward. Did you see that? I thought Montgomery... When did Montgomery Ward go away? Because this is the first time I've actually thought about (laughs) Montgomery Ward as a business and not just as a sign that was in the background somewhere. Yeah. Because I have no reason to go into a Montgomery Ward. That's like a place my grandma would take us to where we just look at shoes. Right, they were a department store, right? It was like a Sears kind of deal, almost. Yeah, I think they were, they were more like a Macy's. Okay, a little more on the clothing side. Anyways, let's talk about the production a little bit. Is there are there any scenes that stuck out to you? No, so I thought the puppetry was amazing. Yeah, all of the effects were great, but this is the first time that I've watched the movies. Almost exclusively for the background stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Production-wise was excellent in the background. Like, the Jules Verne time machine in the phone booth scene was amazing. You do start noticing product placement more, but yeah. just the ridiculous crap that they threw in to have fun in the backgrounds. Like, I don't know if you noticed that he brought the comic book from number one to his office in number two, and it's the only thing hidden from his boss. The artichoke that for some reason is powering all of the stuff that they're using in the lab just sitting on the table like it (laughs) looked a lot like they had a a fun crew of people that were just like we need something to fill up that spot yeah it was cool like so the gremlins right off the bat they just come out and it's like they already know all of pop culture which i guess was from watching tv they kind of alluded to well this is what this goes into my theory that that he's the only one. That he is the only one and they're all part of him. So they get all of his stuff. That's also my theory that Gizmo is very old. 
Yeah, I th- I agree with both of those. I think definitely the part about absorbing whatever yeah, he's so absorbing. he's just so Gizmo is just walking around picking up normal society, and then has these clones that all immediately have that knowledge. Yeah, but it was cool. They popped out. They already have all this like pop culture knowledge. Stripe is like on a skateboard within a few minutes. Obviously, you know it's the eighties, nineties. Got to have a skateboard in there. I didn't. I'm not sure that I even caught all of the pop culture references like there's that scene where he's like wearing glasses sitting at a checkered table like it almost seemed like a that's just a diner okay you got that that was that was <laughs> okay. the reference there, there's not a whole lot of super deep cuts that are obvious like the jules verne thing that's a very deep cut and there is no dialogue involved with that it's just the corner of a screen but during that scene is great because a gremlin starts using a puppet which obviously the gremlins are puppets, so it's like that's just such a funny thing that a puppeteer was probably like, "This is gonna be sick. I'm gonna be like puppet controlling a puppet." <laughs> well, it's, that movie is some of the first straight meta going oh, on because yeah. the first movie to the second movie, there's like a produced and broken fourth wall that just does between the two movies. Right? Yeah, like how he moved to the city and stuff, or what do you mean? Well, it's kind of so the first movie exists in its own concrete universe where the fourth wall has not been broken at all. Right. And the second movie only breaks the fourth wall between the first and second movie and not into the real world until later when they then break the real world fourth wall the when whole Hulk Hogan thing. comes in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. The tiny chainsaw, just going back to production things, um, which is like... I don't see, I don't think that, that that's... That that is that tiny of a chainsaw. <laughs> okay, we disagreed on this one. Yeah, I feel like it's a tiny specialized gremlin chainsaw. You think it's like a regular chainsaw, I or think like that a smaller? That's a, I think that's a normal small chainsaw. Okay. Either way, I thought it was sick that yeah. he like has this whole scene with a little chainsaw, and he's just like going around fucking shit up. Um, the first scene with the gremlins when they like when they first hatch out of the cocoons, and the kid like runs out and closes the door. And just all the gremlin arms are, like, reaching through the door. That was awesome. (laughs) The way that they use, like, gremlin cinematography where it goes from being cutesy to to being, like, ominous green, the the ubiquitous ubiquitous gremlin's green light. Yeah. That, for some reason, I think it's that ooze. Wherever that green ooze they have is, like, slightly affects the atmosphere somehow. Yeah. That was really cool when they would, I guess, hatch. I don't know what you call it. Emerge from their cocoons. I think emerges, right? <laughs> yeah. Do So what do butterflies do? Do they hatch from their cocoons? I don't know. I don't know that I've like said that. I think they often emerge enough. from their cocoons. The only yeah. time either of us would have ever had to say any of these words was like third grade. <laughs> yeah. When we raised For butterflies. For some reason, that was very important. <laughs> no, in third grade, we all raised butterflies. Right, I remember that. Yeah, that That's was just that a was, funny thing that we studied. It's very strange that that was a full school third grade project. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the tiny guns. I was very impressed. And maybe the, I mean, I could actually see a gremlin even operating like a full-size gun. But I was very impressed by their operation of guns throughout the whole thing. Like gremlins one and two. They had them in one. I'm not sure exactly where they got them. Uh... Maybe they were just using toy guns, but I have it here in, in my In number notes. one, there was both. So they got 
um, a pistol from the bar, and then they had a bunch of toy. Like, there's oh, always just right, toy yeah. guns appear whenever they want toy guns, but usually the real guns, because I think the one in the bar came out of the trench coat. Right. Like, it was just a guy sitting there wearing a coat, and there was a gun in it. <laughs> Which... That um, you mentioned the trench coat gremlin. He was in the first one, and I don't think he was a flasher. But then in the second one, he like was a became a flasher. This goes back <laughs> into my. I also think that the uh, personalities of said gremlins that come off of Gizmo are like preset and remembered. Like I think they have a weird genetic memory. Yeah. So these are like so in the order of like first and second and third. I think if you do it, you will get the same gremlins every time all the way up until you're at like a saturation point of gremlins. Oh, so you're saying like Stripe, he's always like gremlin number three or something. Yes. And then if Stripe gets, he makes like five. Right. And they're his five that are always his five that are going to be because it seems like it. They it seems like they tried to do that. You split it into the personality types of the object, but then abandon that. Yeah, because they all like kind of there's like the doofy one and the blah, blah, blah. And you can be like, this is how a personality is split up. But none of those are Gizmo's personality and his personality doesn't change. So they're not like taking it away from him. But they do act somewhat the same between the two movies, even though they look different. Yeah. And they almost like make. Well, they definitely do point it out. He's like, that one has the same stripe that the other one had or whatever. But then they just kind of leave it there. And well, it almost fades away. That one. Right. Yeah, he definitely was in the first Mr. Stripe. He was like the muscle in the second one. Yeah, I think they... He also had a bitch death. Yeah, how did he die? I he turned into the that. spider. That's right. Yeah, and he was the one that turned into yeah, the spider. Yeah, there's like this big long lead up. Like first they introduced the spider for no reason. Then, because that's a, that's a complete side note, yeah. That it seems like filler, where he drinks and eats it, and then there's like two or three minutes of showing him start to spider web up the hallway, and then somebody gets caught in the spider web, yeah. And then it's like four seconds of Gizmo being going all Rambo. I guess that might have been the whole point of the spider thing is to show Gizmo get some sweet sweet revenge, <laughs> because that's Gizmo just kills him with some. Uh, whatchamacallit it whiteout that's right and a pencil which physics aside is a cool way to do that <laughs> yeah that was a, a really cool part of the production in the second one was like they set up that scenario with the scientist in the lab where he's like hey check out this experiment i've been working on <laughs> and they like electrify a rat by just shooting electricity into it from a syringe <laughs> They have the common decency to say that it is bioelectric. <laughs> so the, the syringe is not just filled with normal electricity. It's filled with bioelectricity. Ah, uh, yes. So that you can, of course, <laughs> inject, inject it, it into a mouse. Yeah. But that is why I love number two more. Yeah. Well, then once they show that, then it's like they just show you flasks and syringes of other things with like symbols on it. They're like, oh, bat. So you're like, well, obviously that'll turn him into a bat. Science (laughs) in the future is like shopping in The Handmaid's Tale. (laughs) This has picture of bat and syringe on it. We're supposed to shoot up this bat stuff. (laughs) I also thought it was weird 
on this syringe topic, um, you know, they're shooting it into different stuff. So we get like the electric gremlin, the bat gremlin, well, the spider some of gremlin. Them are shooting it up, though. Right. And some of them just kind of get it one way or another. Well, they just drink it. Right. But There's one a of the... small explanation of that. True. One of the first ones, um, they're like shooting liquid at him, and it's the vegetable one. And it doesn't make more gremlins. It just makes him sprout vegetables. Well, off he of drinks his face. the vegetable medley. So right. he drinks fertilizer, I think it's what it's supposed to be. And he just kind of pops them out. Because that's really good. <laughs> right. That's a cool piece of uh, movie magic that I think I know how they did. But like the premise of blowing up all those little peppers and everything inside and like what mechanisms you would need to like kind of understand. <laughs> it did look really cool. Just like these little bubbles popping up and then he would all of a sudden have vegetables all over him. It looked like that painting like, uh, you know, the one I'm talking about. Yes, I know exactly the one you're talking about. (laughs) The vegetable man. I don't think anybody our age knows the names of paintings, man. Yeah. We know the like five famous paintings. (laughs) And then if you know the name of a painting, you're you at one point in time wanted to do that for a living. The second movie did seem like. They were like, Gremlins was fun. It was cool. But let's go wild. Let's make it as fun as possible. Well, that was my one of my favorite scenes is the direct comment of how stupid the rules are. Very obviously, in between the first and second movie, a bunch of people figured out that the rules were stupid and started asking questions like, what happens if you're on a plane? And it's like, <laughs> yeah. the weird nerd guy that brings all of that stuff up starts saying it, and then immediately gets punched in the face by a gremlin. And I think, does he get electrocuted? <laughs> I think so. There's only like... that was in the office. Yeah, there's only like four guys that directly die from gremlins. Every other one yeah. dies the same way Batman kills people, where it's just like, you're in the <laughs> way of this thing that's gonna kill anything. I did really like that electric gremlin. I, yeah, the animation, anytime they used animation, I don't know if you noticed the animation of the gremlins coming from the other side of the uh, projector screen when they're watching Snow White and they sneak oh, behind. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know what you're and talking about. It's after they get caught out and they're running. There's a scene where it's just the silhouettes of the gremlins coming from the other side. And it's like a yeah. two second really smooth animation of the just approach of the silhouettes. Yeah. And it's... I don't know why, but it just looks great for some reason. I'm like, oh, that's a really nice silhouette effect that they got. Enough that I've been thinking about it for close to 20 years now. <laughs> I like that animated scene that they did, too. I'm not sure if it was like stop animation or claymation, where it's the whole group of them in the town when they oh, were outside. Stop animation. Those are definitely puppets. Incontinuity Transition um i feel like two of the setups for gremlins 2 were obviously like wildly coincidental and they set it up that way on purpose i think but it was an absurd memory for music so you remember there's like a delivery guy who went to some like bio research facility well that was in the same building right the clamp building yeah yeah and so it was this floor above so he went to the top floor and then was picking up shit from downstairs right so considerably better than if he had like driven across town but still kind of silly that he like goes to this lab he hears a little tune that a mogwai is whistling 
and then he like continues whistling it. I think it's more silly <laughs> that he starts whistling it before he even drops off the package. He walks into that room, hears the first two bars, and is like, yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm going to whistle for the rest of the day. And even though he's freaked out while he's in that room, because he's real sketched out the whole time he's in that room. Yeah. And he asks what they do. And she's like, we're not going to tell you. And she obviously she looks sick because she is. Yeah. And he just like leaves and continues whistling that tune, which I have never once felt comfortable whistling at work when there's anyone near me. <laughs> you don't like to whistle while you work? No. I love to whistle while I work. I don't like whistling in front of people for some reason. <laughs> it seems silly to me, and I'm usually only silly when I'm by myself. I'm a very serious, serious man, Adam. Yeah. Whistling while you work? Good idea. Ah. Whistling while you eat? Bad idea. <laughs> Do you I remember mean, that Animaniacs segment that used to have that guy? Bad idea, good idea? Yeah. Now that you're mentioning it, yes. <laughs> I completely forgot about it till this that's, one second. That's the only one I remember. That building was sick, though. We were talking about the Clamp building. Clamp Industries by Daniel Clamp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also like how in the movie they set it up originally, so it looks like Clamp is like this terrible, horrible person, but really he's just a helpless oaf that happens to be rich and hired a bad guy. Yeah, Clamp is like, he's Clamp kind of a Mr. Magoo cool. yeah. type of, he's just like harmless. You're like, like, okay, well, he's not harmless. He true, he's did not harmless. have a <laughs> pre-recorded message for when the his end TV of the world. went off the air at the end of the world, because that's the only way he can imagine his business collapsing. Yeah. That message was kind of great. Just perfectly, like, apocalyptic. He's like, thank you for watching. (laughs) I I hope that you have enjoyed life. (laughs) That was, I mean, speaking of the business, there was another great part where they're, like, pitching the business. They're like, he's got a television network, a blah, 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 and also a popular line of jams and jellies. (laughs) That was in the building. All of any of the decision making that they made for what's in that building so when his security guy is telling him about what happened, and he says, it's from the biological engineering place, and like, see? See, I told you there were going to be trouble. We could have had two plastic surgeons and a therapist up there. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, man, you could have. On that same note, uh, with the like line of jams and jellies thing, I feel like there was this tone throughout the movies where they just were like almost traveling salesmen, which, I mean, they, the movie starts with the traveling salesman. Yeah. Um, the guy had a slogan, uh, and it was like, I'm here to make the illogical logical. I think which, there were a few slogans. Yeah. Because pretty much all of the TV shows had their own little thing. Like, microwaving with... With what, Marge, Yeah, microwave. <laughs> For some reason, I want to say Modine every time, but I think that just might be Letter Kenny. <laughs> she kind of looked like Paula Dean, too. That's, uh, that might be it as well. <laughs> um... Yes, going back a little bit, though, the delivery guy I thought was funny. Like, the two big setups were funny because the other part was the drinking fountain maintenance man. Do you remember that part? Yeah, that was a janitor. Well, obviously, yeah. I don't know why I said that with that absurd title. Specifically a drinking fountain maintenance man. (laughs) That's all he does. (laughs) But he's the maintenance dude. And in this scene... Like the... I'm gonna give it to Brent. She's just mumbling. <laughs> I can't tell whether or not he's mad because he seems excited about it. Like he's upset that the drinking fountain is broken, but he also is enjoying 
saying all of the negative things about the drinking fountain while he's fixing it, and it is cartoonishly shooting water. <laughs> yeah. Like, he just refuses to turn off the water to it. Well, I mean, you made the comment during the movie, and it's perfect. It was very Rube Goldberg-esque. Yeah, like, oh, wow. It just set up this ridiculous, like, it was coming off the easel, like, dripping down in this, like, corner of the cubicle. Like, it was this whole wacky thing of... Oh, man, is he going to get hit with the water? Like, is Gizmo about to multiply? (laughs) Yeah. Do you know, this is a really weird hang-up that I've had my entire life. I hate that scene for one very specific reason. When that water hits his easel, it fucks up that drawing. Like, his work, and it's never brought up. (laughs) Because it completely, he was in the middle of doing a project that had to be done that, like, the boss knows about. Right. And the janitor just fucked it up. (laughs) Like, really bad. Like, he just hosed down the whole side of it, and it's just left there. No one ever brings up the, like, the janitor ruined that guy's thing. Just There's no closure. And somebody got their work ruined. Yeah, for real. And that was the midpoint, too, right? Because there's that whole thing with the trees in his drawing. They're like, there's not going to be trees here. You need to take them out. And then the second guy saw it, and he's like, I really like the trees. It went the other way. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. She was, <laughs> she was just like, "Oh, you're gonna put in some elms, blah blah blah." And then he goes, "Oh, and take out the elms. People see elms, they think Dutch, they think disease." Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because now that's what I say in my head when I think of Dutch people. Because I didn't think that Dutch people were diseased until I saw Gremlins. Yeah, that's weird. I didn't associate the Dutch with elm or disease. Well, the Dutch elm <laughs> is a thing. Yeah, and I mean, I I didn't know that elms disease is a thing. I don't think that they have anything to do with each other. <laughs> I think that that is just some fun free association that they did in a writing room. Yeah. Um, is there is... Dutch Elms disease? Is that a specific tree disease? Probably. I think nowadays if we just told people that we got tree diseases, they'd full out believe us and not. <laughs> yeah. There'd be no looking up. Like, take some horse tranquilizers for it. For a while, this is a complete side of the point, there was a in probably early 2000s, that warning notice about hemoglobin. I vaguely remember that. It was just like how deadly hemoglobin is. And then it was like super, super long to get to the payoff where they're like, hemoglobin's just shit in your blood, man. It's not dangerous at all. Like, look it up. But they made it too long Uh to deliver to that point. So, like, it got taken seriously because people don't read four pages into shit. Yeah. They were just like, oh, this is real. And they're like, we kind of didn't think that this was going to be the effect, but this is the effect that we were trying to fight. So good job, us. <laughs> I remember all the dihydrogen monoxide. Stuff. Yeah, that might have been what it was. Yeah, that was the other good fake one. Um, the clamp cable network itself, their logo almost looks exactly like Cartoon Network, or it did to me. I don't know. <laughs> their logo on the wall did. Yeah. Their logo on oh, the yeah, actual network. Yeah, the logo on the wall. They had one that's like big. That's it looks like the Cartoon Network if they got rid of the uh, white squares and right. shifted everything like twenty five degrees to the right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then there's the other logo that's like. Just, a literal clamp yeah, with like with the, world the world in, it. in the middle of it, which is 
That reminds me a lot of the... Did you ever see Equilibrium? No. Oh. Oh. Is that a sci-fi movie? You're going to fucking love that movie. Nice. Fucking gung fu. Okay. There's an end. Yeah. <laughs> that is an excellent um, Keanu Reeves movie where Keanu Reeves plays basically the moral police because it's in a future where everybody is forced to take a drug that okay. makes everyone calm. So you're not hmm. supposed to get sad or happy. Yeah. You're and just it's basically uh, Fahrenheit 451. Okay. But in the future. But they all worship the Tetrahedron, which is the <laughs> the government that's one dude is in charge of, and it's like corporate government. And it's like, oh, the Tetrahedron, it's just a big Tetrahedron that floats in the middle. <laughs> oh, nice. But it's in that exact same animation, like that 3D fucking, like, bad 3D. Yeah, crazy. There was, um, do you remember that scene when they go to the restaurant? It's like the assistant lady the red hair you're talking about the canadian uh it was canadian something it was like a canadian french cuisine place because one of the bigger jokes is they brought the canadian moose yeah and it was an actual moose right which i didn't know was a joke when i was little i thought that was a real thing oh like a actual yeah yeah Yeah, i thought that that was when i was little i thought that restaurant was a real type of restaurant (laughs) i did not know that that was satire entirely all the way through so probably until i was like 17 or 18 i thought you could go like there was a canadian chocolate mousse yeah (laughs) like if you ordered canadian chocolate mousse you would get a shape of a mousse instead of like the foamy chocolate stuff right yeah they brought out that mousse um so at the same time when they're bringing out that mousse that redheaded lady is like kind of trying to seduce the main character. He's not kind of trying to. That's the entire point of the scene. Yeah, absolutely. But she she literally says the line. She's like, "When art and business join forces," and then goes into a foot job. <laughs> you all, yeah, a, an uncomfortable foot job. <laughs> right, a forest <laughs> foot job. Yeah, yeah, not like he's like, oh yeah, yeah. That's isn't that <laughs> me tooing him? Yeah. Did he almost get me tooed? Is I think isn't me tooing the exposing of, or is it the no, act of? No, it's getting so the me too. That's. <laughs> Anyways, let's not go yeah, into the okay. weeds. But it's funny because that's when they're bringing out the chocolate mousse, and then uh, the guy takes off, and but the waiter guy's still around, and he's like, "Oh, you want some of this?" And she's like, "No," or something. And he's like, "How about some horn?" He goes, "Do you want a horn?" <laughs> that's right before he says, "Oh, that guy needs another Molson's, eh?" which is a very canadian thing to say oh for sure yeah i don't think i've ever had molson maybe i I have there's a chance i don't know what you don't drink that much yeah so there's a very good chance you haven't had a molson's because i think the only reason i've ever had a molson's was a canadian being like you need to have a molson's man (laughs) like that's i feel like i might have had it when i lived in dc for a little bit because there was like a bunch of beers that people were like, you have to try this. It's an East Coast thing. Like Yingling. Which, uh, yes, I've had Yingling. Yeah, I've, I like Yingling. I've had most beer because I worked for a bar that we were allowed to order whatever we wanted tax free. Yeah. So I would order like flats of just whatever the fuck was on sale. And then sometimes I would get paid. I'd be like, I'm buying 600 Guinnesses. Yeah. Which was always awkward because I don't have any place to put 600 Guinnesses. Yeah. 
So right after that um, restaurant scene too was when they they were in the mall. And there's a great line where it's like an ice cream place or something. Yeah, the ice cream booth. The ice cream nightclub. Yeah, and they're like, I think it's still a mogwai at that point. Maybe it's a yeah, gremlin. That's when they're all eating. Yeah. And they're like, oh, it's rats, rats. And the kid's response to it is so awesome. Like everyone else is like, rats? Did she say rats? And he's like, no, she said no rats. No rats. Perfect <laughs> no rats. Not a single one. So good. Um, What was your favorite gremlin death? My favorite gremlin death? See, I'm now old enough to where I don't like seeing things <laughs> get true. dismembered or ripped apart. Yeah. Um, as far as technologically produced ones like the ones that i would have like technical respect for yeah uh, microwave because i've never quite figured out other than because that's like the first slow motion ever uh how you get something to reliably explode like that inside of a microwave yeah because it's like that weird slime look and then I just any time that one of the gremlins shoots another gremlin, <laughs> like I just think that they're it's hilarious every time, and I it's think almost they always in the middle of them pointing out their society is just as good as ours. Yeah, there was a a gremlin got put through a shredder. I think that was my favorite that, one. I hated that scene so much. <laughs> it, was it was disgusting. Too much goo, and it was in his mouth, and I. Ugh. Yeah. I anytime something goes in somebody's mouth in a movie, I feel it. Really? Yeah, I get that way about like chest stuff. So it's the mouth for oh, you. Oh, I get that way about ankles and between <laughs> fingers. Oh yeah. If anything happens, terrible. I, that's one part of Chucky. The only part of Chucky I have never seen is uh when they're going down the stairs and he just straight sticks a knife through somebody's Achilles tendon. Oh. And I'm like, nope. That, this is not like close my eyes every fucking time and always have. Yeah. Um, some funny Easter eggs. Move the clocks to four twenty. <laughs> that was a yeah, good one. That was, Which well, the yeah. whole premise of that. No, you had to start funny. the clocks at four twenty. Right. Because at right. four twenty, you're gonna make it go forward. Right. <laughs> but yeah, that kid, like the one maybe semi smart thing he did in all the movies was the thing that he got tricked by. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. The. <laughs> The plot trick of the second one, and that still didn't work. Yeah, it didn't That's work. That's not what happened. That yeah, was like the clouds a came false out. response to everything. Yeah. Uh, one thing I want to talk about before we end up going here is uh, how much better Gremlins would be than a zombie apocalypse? Like, as far as, like, easier to deal with? No, I mean, as just... in, like, a real apocalypse. Because I'm in the firm... Uh, camp that having a zombie apocalypse isn't even possible like even if we had magic zombies yeah like the way that we portray zombies if we used any of them like except for smart zombies that know how to do all of the stuff that we know how to do i we, that's not gonna happen that's like the jurassic park thing when dinosaurs take over it's like we're just completely ignoring the fact that we actually know how to fight things <laughs> and that those things don't know how to do the things that we know how to do and yeah. are not going to learn them at that rate. But gremlins are pre-programmed to not only know all of the shit that we, like, enjoy, but also all of the shit that we are, like, afraid. Like, they know all of the tropes of reality. Yeah. So, like... They're a bit Ivanus-esque. Well, so even if you get... Like, they, they could just exploit us. 
like yeah. mentally. Like if they decided to take over the world, you'd be walking down the street and hear like uh, the first thing you would hear off in the distance, like right before sunset is the Sleeping Beauty hi-ho song. <laughs> and then slowly after that, you just start seeing like horrific tropes of like drunk bar people shadows going on as you like approached thousands of gremlins just they're not even attacking you they're not trying to do anything except for have a good time but that good time is just you're gonna get murdered (laughs) so you have to like figure out how to get rid of this infestation of shit that can't get wet like after they eat the first time they're like what two feet larger than they originally were it seems like like having an infestation of mogwai not that bad no they don't even have annoying maybe but well they also can't they can't really get anywhere Right, because their yeah. hands and feet don't work real well. They don't. They're like, all stubby. They, they have like opposable thumbs, but they're kind of more like how dogs and cats have opposable thumbs. Like, yeah. they have control over them, and they could be thumbs, but there's like fatness. Yeah. But trying to fight off those fucking things, because they're not, you're not even going to be able to root them out. Yeah, you're gonna have to specifically develop a gremlin task force. To go to the farthest reaches of the earth to try and eradicate these in case one of them decides he wants to go and fuck with the city. Yeah. <laughs> there was, um, <laughs> real quick, do you remember Miss Deagle? She was the like fucking the horrible lady. bitch. Yeah. Yeah. But it's interesting that they like show her as a bitch for like those two scenes or whatever. And like that's how you know her. But then the gremlins um go and mess with her like she's one of the first people that they mess with i think that's why they make her a bad guy so that yeah, you don't feel they, bad when they fuck her up but that scene is weird because they almost like make you feel bad for her and then you remember like oh no it's that bitchy lady it's all good <laughs> i wonder if they planned that in the first like they planned how she was going to get fucked with in the first place and somebody looked at her and goes that's real mean you better make her a bitch yeah maybe yeah, that but that was a great scene where they like uh hotwire her like little elevator or a staircase elevator that was device. A different old lady. No, that was the same lady. Was that? Yeah, they made a point of showing her name. For some reason it's I Miss remember Deagle. that being a different old lady that got shot out the window. No, it's the same lady. That's why I was like weird that they're now like making it almost a little sympathetic. Well that's why I- I'm confused as to why Mrs. Deagle would need the chair if she can walk to the bank in the snow. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, her role in that movie is pure propaganda. Like, she is just a plot device. (laughs) I I mean, and to get rid of the dog. Yeah. Which they do make a weird deal out of. Like, they make sure the dog's not there for the whole movie. Yeah, that's true. They Only when they need him, they really throw that dog in oh and another thing we didn't mention uh the guy that ran the lab grand moff tarkin yeah right <laughs> that was <laughs> it was weird seeing him like you're just like oh this guy he runs did this we too? look up and see if that's how he dies in both of the movies too oh we should how did he die again he, he got, got electrocuted. electrocuted yeah but like force power level electrocuted yeah yeah like you could almost see his skeleton kind of shit Let's see. How does Grand Moff Tarkin die? Man. Sentences that if you said 40 years ago (laughs) would confuse everyone. 
Except that one Star Wars nerd that was like just finding the. For, I guess forty years ago <laughs> that would have been brand new. I need yeah. to update my saying things are a long ways away by twenty years because everything's in the nineties in my head. Because in my head that joke went before Star Wars existed. Yeah. Let's see, Grand Moff Tarkin's death. Fucking died by himself. Does he get thrown down a thing? I don't know, but that doesn't stop you from getting electrocuted the whole way down. True. Okay, it's, you know, the uh, operator dude with the crazy helmet. Yeah. That's what we're looking at. We're seeing some wax wings. <laughs> oh, no, it's just uh, he was on the Death Star. <laughs> oh, he was just up. on the Death Star? <laughs> yeah. Why do I remember him clearly getting electrocuted? Yeah, I don't know. I kind of did, too. Weird. So, yeah, I guess he just blew up in the Death Star. Well, that's unfortunate for him. It's real weird that the Death Star can explode like that. With the ring? <laughs> There's just every single thing about, like, would if you were building a Death Star, would you build one power plant? Like, something that big, it doesn't really even make that much sense to have one centralized. You'd have, like, four or five units that yeah. would rotate. But that's based on nowadays technology, which is basically the future compared <laughs> to Star Wars. Like, we're... Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, we're... We're cutting edge technology here with our light bulbs <laughs> and our inability to go to space. Yeah. Well, official ending or just cut it off? I mean, we can just cut it off. Remember to get through it. Well, that's, yeah, it's going to fuck both you and the person holding the chainsaw up really bad. But there's more of a chance of you surviving a chainsaw murder. But-